to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, and of course, with my co-host, Al McDonald, joining us today as well. Great to be here again, Robin. Thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to hearing from Rich today. Yeah, so we've already let the cat out of the bag, I guess, eh? Uh, so Rich Appia, a returning guest to the podcast, I guess it's your first episode with the Starting With One podcast, That's right, but you've yeah. been a couple of times on the Benefits Corner, yeah. and Rich has always been one of our highest rated podcasts. We've received tons of feedback on every episode, so it's great to have you back, and you always bring a lot of great information, and you've been a great resource, not only to myself and our firm, but also to a lot of clients that you've dealt with. So thanks again for coming in. So Rich, you and I are in contact quite a bit, and you and I are talking the other day about kind of, let's call them unpleasant surprises that a business can encounter when it lets go of an employee. And I thought that would be the the topic today. So we have an employee, you terminate his or her participation in the benefits plan. What's the concern? Just to start the conversation. Sure. So I'm going to talk about the concern from the employment law perspective as an employment lawyer. This is kind of where I sit in the world. Um, and I'm going to break down the problem into small parts. Okay? okay. So my ultimate concern is for a business who might hire an employee without asking that employee to sign an employment agreement. The business fires that employee without cause sometime later. And the business prematurely discontinues the employee's participation in the business's benefits plan. That's my framing of the issue. Okay, so I guess to start, what's the problem with that? Okay, so the problem is that in the circumstance that I just described, if the employee gets sick or incurs a significant cost that would have been insured under the business's benefits plan, the business may be liable for paying to the employee costs or benefits that would have been covered under the plan during the course of the employee's employment. Okay, so let's talk about an example. So you're saying an employee would have been covered under, you know, a short or long-term disability program, and the business discontinued the employee's participation in that plan. It's possible that the business may be liable for paying out employee benefits? That's exactly right. And the consequences can be pretty severe. Rich, you know, that's crazy. I I don't think a lot of businesses think about that when they're letting an employee go. I mean, oftentimes it is a business decision, but sometimes emotion comes into play. Tell me when this type of situation would come about. Okay, yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned a moment ago, the starting point of the problem would be the failure of the business to provide its employee with an employment agreement. Okay, so why is an employment agreement important? So let me start by explaining a concept in employment law known as notice of termination. When a business dismisses an employee without cause, it has to provide the employee with advanced notice of termination or compensation, including benefits continuation, in lieu of notice. In Ontario, the amount of notice that an employee is entitled to receive varies by circumstance. 
So we have legislation here in Ontario, being the Employment Standards Act, that prescribes a basic amount of notice that businesses must provide when letting go of an employee. Under the Act, employees who work for less than three months are entitled to no notice, and the maximum notice an employee may receive under the Act is eight weeks after eight years of service. An employment agreement can be useful in limiting an employee's termination entitlements to the provisions of the Act or to some other clear formula as long as that formula does better than the Act. If an employment agreement is enforceable, then the employee can expect to participate in the business's benefits plan after termination for only the period set out in the agreement. He or she would be permitted to make claims under the plan only for that period. Okay, so what happens if there is no employment agreement in place? So now we're coming to the gist of the problem I spoke about a moment ago. If a business dismisses an employee, so the business fires the employee and does so without cause, and the employee didn't work under an employment agreement that limited his or her rights at termination, then the employee would be entitled to what's known as reasonable notice of termination at common law. The common law is a body of precedent that guides courts' decisions when dealing with dismissed employees. Okay, so what does reasonable notice of termination at common law look like? Employment Standards Act calculates notice looking at length of service only. The common law looks at factors such as length of service, age, and the nature of the employee's work, and then approximates how long it would take that employee to find comparable employment. Having regard to those factors, the common law looks to an employer and says, you had an obligation to provide your employee with, let's say, six months notice of termination because it would take your employee that long to find other work. And because you, the employer, didn't provide your employee with that amount of notice, you have to pay him or her that much in compensation. I should point out that common law notice almost always significantly exceeds employment standards notice, sometimes by several months. Under the Act, for example, an employee of four years of service would be entitled to four weeks of notice. And depending on the circumstances, that same employee may be entitled to as much as four or even five or six months notice at uh, common law. So in other words, Rich, if an employer had to provide an employee with common law notice and didn't provide that notice, the employer has to pay out the employee? That's exactly right. And it's important for me to say that under the common law, an employee is entitled to receive all compensation that he or she would have received had he or she been working during the reasonable notice period. And that includes benefits continuation. Okay, so what happens when a business lets go of an employee the employee is entitled to common law notice of termination, but the business has discontinued the employee's participation in the benefits plan. Without legal advice, it can be really hard for a business to determine what common law notice an employee is entitled to. So if the business doesn't continue participation in the benefits plan for the period required under common law, and the employee incurs an expense or suffers an illness that would have been covered under the benefits plan, then the business could be held liable for any resulting loss suffered by the employee. Rich, are you able to provide any concrete examples of that? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't I refer to some cases that have actually uh, come before the courts? So the first case is known as Alcatel uh, versus Mary Egan. Uh, This case involved an employee who was dismissed without cause as part of a mass termination. During her common law notice period, she was diagnosed with a major depressive disorder, but she was denied disability benefits because Alcatel had prematurely cancelled benefit participation prior to the end of the notice period at common law. 
the Ontario Court of Appeal, which is the highest court in Ontario, found that because Alcatel wrongfully discontinued Mary Egan's coverage prior to the onset of disability, Alcatel was liable for the value of the disability benefits that would otherwise have been paid to her, not just the benefit premiums. So in that case, the liability amounted to roughly $140,000. There's a second case that is well known in employment law circles. It's known as Brito and Canet Kitchens. Uh, This case involved an employee who, after 16 months following his dismissal, was diagnosed with cancer. He sued Brito, his former employer, for damages for failing to pay out common law notice and for associated benefits, including short-term and long-term disability benefits to which he would have been untitled under Canuck's plan. The Ontario Court of Appeal in that case found that uh, the employee was entitled to be compensated for the loss of benefits, including disability benefits, for the reasonable notice period stipulated by the court. The damage award against Canuck included the commuted value or the present-day value of the disability benefits that the employee would have been otherwise entitled to, but for the termination of his participation in the plan until he turned age 65. And my recollection of that case is 65 was still a long way for him. And so in that case, the liability for lost benefits amounted to roughly $200,000. So the amounts that I mentioned, $140,000 in the first case, And the $200,000 in the second case, those were damages that the employer, the business, had to pay out personally from its own pocket. Wow. I mean, that's that's incredible, Rich. And and we're talking about all this today and, and sitting in a business owner. And obviously, that's all I deal with as business owners. What's your advice to businesses who want to avoid this type of problem? That's a very good question, Robin. I can't stress enough how important it is for employers, businesses, whether you're a large business and especially if you're a small business, to use employment agreements to limit liability when dismissing employees. In an employment agreement, you can refer to the ESA, the Employment Standards Act, or you can rely on another formula for calculating severance as long as the formula does better than the ESA. The point is to make it clear to everyone the business and the employee as to how long benefits will continue after termination so there's no guesswork involved. That way the business will know when it can terminate participation in the benefits plan and avoid the liability that I just mentioned. Lastly, I should say that it's not always easy to draft employment agreements, the ones that I'm talking about. In the two cases that I referred to um, a moment ago, the businesses in question did use employment agreements, but they were found to be unenforceable. Uh, So it is important to have a pro look after this kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Rich, every time we have a chat or we do the podcast, you always bring great advice. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you do work with a couple of our clients. I know already the feedback I'm going to get is, how do I get in touch with Rich? And at the very least, before we give out that information, if it's not you, it's someone like you, uh, a small business, I think it goes a long way to meeting and, and getting advice of the proper professionals as much as we do for everything that we do in our business. So I've got to ask you, how do people get in touch if they want to have maybe a little more conversation or just to chat and, and, and make sure all their I's are dotted and their T's are crossed? Sure, I'd be happy to hear from any of your listeners. This is stuff that I actually get really excited about. I've been doing this for almost a decade and a half. So if anyone wants to chat, they can give me a call. My phone number is 416-900-3715. And I can also be reached by email at rich at appialaw.com. That's R-I-C-H at A-P-P-I-A-H-L-A-W.com. 
All right, sounds good. Al, closing remarks, anything to add? That was great because I learned a few things today myself. So uh, <laughs> good to have you on. Every time, I, and, and I think we do it selfishly. We tell Rich he's going to come on the podcast. But of course, we're <laughs> going to steal the we're, Yeah, so we're going we're, we're to chat a little bit after and, and, uh, and maybe get some information. So anyway, that does it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Keep the feedback coming. It helps uh, shape the direction of our show. And we'll see you next time on Starting With What. Starting With What.